Hi, I'm John Farmer, and this is Georgian Bay Roots, the official radio show of the Summer Folk Music and Crafts Festival. We share the music made and played in Gray and Bruce counties with folk and roots music from across Canada and around the world mixed in. Catch us twice a week on Blues and Roots Radio, Sundays at 4 on 560 CFOS, and anytime at all as a podcast at summerfolk.org. You've heard us mention Steve Ritchie in the past. He's the guy who makes sure the shows that we send end up on the airwaves at CFOS. He's also a Grey Bruce born and bred musician who has played Summerfolk many times with his bands Tanglefoot and RPR. In fact, Steve will be returning to Summerfolk with RPR this year. The other hosts and I have been talking about interviewing Steve for years, and seeing as his birthday is this week, now seemed like the right time. So on today's show, you'll hear part of my interview with Steve and a few of his songs. In a surprise for Steve, I also reached out to some of his musical partners and family for their favorite stories about him and recommendations of their favorite songs. In that way, today's show is both a toast to and a gentle roasting of Steve Ritchie. We'll start off with a song Steve penned for RPR. This is At The Checkout. How's your heart, Roseanne? Are you getting on with life? Is it easier with time? Do you still feel like his wife? How's your heart, Roseanne? Do you still wake up at night? Do you cry yourself to sleep? Does it play tricks with your mind? Does it play tricks with your mind? Are you getting any sleep? 
Is it easier with time? How's your heart, Roseanne? Steve Ritchie, on Georgian Bay Roots, we share the music made and played in Gray and Bruce counties, and you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, not so much these days, but uh, but yeah, I grew up here and moved away in 81 and lived in Toronto for eight or nine years and then moved to Peterborough and lived there for eight or nine years. And joined a band? That's where I joined Tanglefoot and then moved back here in 96. When did I, music become a part of your life? Oh, it probably never wasn't. You know, it was a musical family and mom was... Uh, a um, music teacher and, a, and a, a vocal teacher. She taught in the in the um, Bruce County school system, but she was also a private vocal teacher. She didn't teach any of us, but um, but you know, choir formally director or and all informally? that. She didn't teach you formally, or there was still the, like no nothing, nothing formally. Yeah, yeah, there there was certainly instruction when we were, <laughs> whether we wanted it or not. You know, like we you know we were always singing in church choirs or you know putting things together for. Oh, just various things. I remember we we sang in the Kiwanis Festival as a family a few times. So, you know, mom was certainly at the helm of that. But dad was also, dad was an excellent, excellent singer. My dad had a terrific, big, warm, baritone voice. He was an excellent singer. And so he and mom were in choirs together all the time, like George and Bay. Mom was one of the co-founders of the Wyarton Community Choir back in 67. And uh, and Dad sang in the choir, and she directed it up until whenever she quit. That was in the '90s, I think, at some point. Um, uh, but also sang together in the Georgian Bay Choir and uh, the Church Choir at St. John's United in Wyarton, and then you know the Church at Clavering United Church. And they were in oh some musicals and some Gilbert and Sullivan stuff back in the day. And so yeah, music was just kind of always around. So, so it, it was part of the education too. You were expected to take, like, we all had to take piano lessons until we got our like grade eight conservatory, and then we didn't have to do it anymore. But it was just considered part of your education, like going to school. And for you, when you moved out of out of Gray Bruce and and down to the city, was music going to be your career at that point, or did that come later? I well, it it ended up being. Um, I always wanted it to be. I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to play drums in Max Webster. And uh, and playing drums was what I did. Um, I was a, you know, I was all the bands I played in up until when I left home, I was the drummer. And uh, and I had my sort of local drumming heroes, guys like Mike Malone and Tom Walters and people who were really good drummers locally, the ones I knew. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. That's not particularly why I moved away. Ostensibly, I moved away to go to, go to university, which I never really did. But I played in a, I so supported myself when I got to Toronto by playing in a bar band six days a week, and uh, the, we just played like blood barns, you know, just these awful places. But you played all the time, so you know you got your chops together. And um, but I also around that same time started uh, working in a recording studio in Toronto called Zaza Sound Productions, where I uh, learned engineering, uh, recording engineering. Back then, of course, it's all tape. So, um, uh, so I did those two things at the same time. And then uh, in 88, I was asked if I wanted to join Tanglefoot, which was, uh, I, I had, and I hadn't played any music for a couple of years at that point. Because I got out of the bar band thing, I was just sick of it, and you know I was going to get lung cancer and die from just secondhand smoke in those days, right? And um, and that was a whole different kettle of fish because that was traditional sort of music. I was always a rocker, and so that kind of enlarged the boundaries a little bit. It was a band I knew because my the one of the founders of that band Tanglefoot was a guy named Joe Grant who was married to my cousin and I'd known Joe since I was a little kid. And it was a band I knew of and I'd seen them play a couple times when they played around here or around Toronto. So so it was a whole different thing for me to play that kind of music, acoustic string based string band type music, you know. And then that was a whole different career change and a whole kind of sea change in life and i played i started with tanglefoot in 88 and played with them till 2009 when we 
packed up over here at the Roxy. And you were you were the longest serving member of that band. Yeah. By the time we quit, there was nobody left from the original band. I replaced one of the original guys. Joe Grant was the last of the original three. It was a trio for a long time. And he stayed till 2003, I believe. And then he just got kind of just worn out from the road and everything and just wanted to kind of scale his life back, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was this weird thing where by 2009, we be- <laughs> I used to joke we had become our own tribute band because there was, like I said, nobody left from the original three. But for the finale here at the Roxy, we had two of the three originals who came and took part in the concert. So that was really cool. And also previously that fall, we played in Peterborough for the first time in some time in the fall of 2009. It would have been, I think it was October. And we played a show at a church hall in Peterborough, a lot of people there. And the other one of the original members, Tim Rowett, he came and played in that show. Would so there still have cool. been songs from those original days that were part of the set list? Probably not from the days when it was the original three guys. No, no. There were certainly there were certainly still a, a couple of songs in the set list that came along shortly after I joined. Um, but nothing I don't nothing I can recall from way back then. Well, I, I'd have to. It's it's possible you could catch me up on that. But but not off the top of my head, I don't think so. And certainly you contributed songs to the Tanglefoot catalog. Had you been writing songs before you joined them? Yeah, occasionally. Um, uh, I, I was never a prolific songwriter, never have been. And um, most of the songs that have my name, most of the Tanglefoot songs that have my name on them, uh, maybe with one exception, have somebody else, or maybe two exceptions, have somebody else's name on them too, because the idea for the song didn't originate with me, but I kind of came in as a collaborator afterwards. That was actually a pretty common way that Joe Grant and I worked. Joe loved to collaborate. He loved to get a a half-baked idea and then push it across the table and say, you know, what do you think this should sound like? Or what would would you do with this? He loved that kind of thing. Whereas... um, like other, I'm not so much like that. And and my brother, Rob, he was in the band for a long time. He's not so much like that. He wants to give you an idea that's that in his mind is is pretty much finished. Now, that doesn't mean he wouldn't, you know, that Fix there wasn't still, there was still like workshopping to do. And well, why have you thought of this? And why don't you try this? There was always that process. Uh, but Joe liked to give you a half-baked idea, which was really interesting, and, and it was a, a fun way to work. And sometimes the songs ended up very different uh, in 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 several aspects from from how they were originally pitched. You know, can you give us an example of a track like that? I yeah, one example that off the top of my head is a song called "One More Night," which was a song that Tanglefoot played just about every night from. 19 every night probably for 11 years from it was on the it was on the full throated abandon album that came out in 99 am i right yeah it came out in 99 and we played that sh- song probably every single show until 2009 i know it's the first song we played at the roxy for those finale shows it was the first song in a set list because it was a big fat tanglefoot song with lots lots of dynamics in it and lots of big vocals and lots of you know aggressiveness and a big sweeping story and the whole bit you know but it was um when i remember when joe first pitched it to me it was very much a a, a much slower laid back contemplative kind of song and and he played it for me and i kind of thought hmm, like really cool story and uh the, the reason I'm mentioning this song is because I specifically remember I had heard a Tim Harrison song. You know Tim Harrison, mm-hmm. Owen Sound songwriter, one of the founders of Summerfolk. I had heard a Tim Harrison song uh, a year or two before, and it was on a CD in my car. It doesn't so- sound like One More Night, but it had a particular kind of lilt to it that was very brisk and very quick. And I always thought it would be cool to have a song that had that kind of rhythm to it. So when Joe played me this song, it suddenly occurred to me, what if you just sped it up a lot? What if you just played the same song he just played me, only a lot faster? And that's what we did. I played it back for him, and it took him a little bit to get used to it. But uh, he, he 
my recollection is anyway, without much persuading really at all, he kind of went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So, so one example anyway. I had just one more load of coal for the Cornish Jacks and the Silver Island Mine. Beneath the icy waves, they picked and hacked at the silver caves, and the coal fires kept them dry. And I never once did think that just a couple drinks could cause that mine to die. For 17 good years I've been a faithful captain here I've always had an eye for the weather And it's an easy thing to say If you're looking for someone to blame Well, the captain should have known better And everyone still thinks That the captain's love a drink Is why that silver mine died And I could hear the voice of Jim Whisper in my ear Maybe it was Sally saying, who's the captain here? The tunnel is your ship. You surely have the right to set the time of sail and to stay here where it's warm one more night. The captain of my ship and the master of my pride Still there's an undertow in every sailor's mind And the blue of Sally's eyes and the warmth of her thighs Spoke to me in terms that could not be denied I turned my back on the lake Thinking she would wait Give me a little more time With gin and love half-crazed, we'd lain there for three days when I staggered to the window to catch a breath of air. I remember Sally laughed as an icy winter blast caught me in the face and snapped back my hair. And one thought filled my head as I fell back on the bed, that silver mine's gonna die. And I could hear the voice of gin whisper in my ear or maybe it was sally saying who's the captain here the tunnel is your ship you surely have the right to set the tide of sail and to stay here where it's warm one more night She was caught No way to get the lake to change her stubborn mind There was no way to entice that wretched winter ice To leave a channel open to the Silver Island mine And with no coal to fire the pumps In November all at once The lake gets around that mine In the fall of 1883 Just one more load of coal would have saved the Silver Island mine I know that I'm to blame and I must bear the shame But try to understand the nature of my crime I was unfaithful to the lake She raged at my mistake She wanted that mind to die And I could hear the voice of Jim Whisper in my ear Maybe it was Sally saying Who's the captain here? The tunnel is your ship And you surely have the right To send the time a Sally saying, who's the captain here? 
the trouble is your ship You surely have the right To set the time of sail And to stay here where it's warm one more night I'm John Farmer. This is Georgian Bay Roots, and today we're celebrating Steve Ritchie. Let's get back to the interview. You toured in the States, you toured across Canada, you toured in the UK. Yeah. Are there particularly memorable touring moments from your time with that band or with RPR, which is your current musical project, and who you will be performing with at Summerfolk this coming August? Yes, we will. It's going to be great. Um, um, and and especially wonderful for Beaker, our drummer, who has never played summer folk. You know, Al Parrish, Rob, my brother, and I, we've we've had that experience of playing summer folk. When was your first summer folk? 89, I think, with the trio. And I remember it fairly vividly. I wouldn't call it a a terribly memorable performance. Um I didn't think I didn't think we did that well. And then, and then back again in '96. Uh, I think it was Dawn Bird's first year. And by then, we had our we had migrated. Our our sound had changed, and uh, to so well not changed. Our sound had evolved the way it does. We were by then a uh, well by then a four or five piece band. It was that same year anyway that Rob, my brother Rob, joined. And I can't remember if it was before or after Summer Folk. So, uh, and then we played. Pretty regularly from from uh, sorry I said 2006 I meant 96. I think you said 96. Okay, 90, yeah. from, from 96 to 2009, we were there um, every few years. It, it, we had a really very very fortunate to get to do that. I'm really interested to hear what Summerfolk has meant to you. Uh, maybe not your favorite performance in '89, but then you were back an, a number of times, and I think. As part of that farewell tour, do I remember as well? Yeah, we were there that last that last year. That's probably the most memorable. I mean, to stand on that stage and get two standing O's. Mm. Yeah, with people that you had traveled with. Doesn't get any better. Yeah. And yeah. playing for your community. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm curious for you, Steve, like, how did it change going from... Like you had Tanglefoot, you had the break, mm. and then you started up RPR. Um, the, I guess the other thing about retiring from folk music is it means at some point you're going to come out of retirement in folk music. And yeah, and and play something again. Um, we, one of the ways it started, and these are lost. <laughs> my memory slightly hazy. Lost back in the mists of 2012 which is when rpr started um i think i think i got asked to play some benefit show or something and i thought well why don't i'll get rob and al to play too because i don't really like playing on my own i don't have much to contribute on my own i'm not you know the kind of guy who's going to dazzle you with this you know amazing finger style guitar playing in between verses right and i thought well let's you know three of us will do something and so we got we got some songs together that were a little different. I, th I can't remember. I think maybe we did uh, one or two, you know, Tanglefoot tunes, but we did some other stuff that that we just thought would be interesting to play. And, um, and it was kind of fun. You know, we could, three of us obviously play well together and we get on well and we're used to each other and we can sing harmonies together and all that stuff. And then at some point, the thought came to us, you know, why don't we do this just... Even if it's just now and again, but let's get a let's get a drummer, because, and let's make this a little heavier thing, than you know, like Tanglefoot was. I mean, some fairly aggressive music, but but it's the string band sound, right? It was all you know, bass guitars, you know, mandolin, know, yeah. fiddle, you know, banjo, all that kind of stuff. So the string band sound, and we thought, well, let's do something heavier, you know. I'll, I'll play electric bass. You know, I'll still play acoustic guitar. Rob will play piano. But let's get, you know, some percussion in there and really, you know, do something do something punchy. And I had played a thing up at, uh, I think at Stone Tree. And it was a Bob Dylan night. And it was a fundraiser for something, as I recall. 
and everybody played two Bob Dylan songs, and there was a house band. And one of the songs I played was actually kind of a Robert Plant version of a Bob Dylan song called One More Cup of Coffee, which I really liked. And I went to, and there's no rehearsal. You just kind of show up and show them the key and away you go. And, but I went, I, I met Beaker who, who I'd met before, but I didn't know him very well. And I met him backstage and I said, and I played him a little bit of my rhythm guitar part. And I said, so this is the kind of groove I want to play for this song. And he says, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. And he, and he did it really well. Like he, he just, he just laid down this really nice groove for us to play against. And when Rob and Alan and I started thinking about, well, if we want to play some gigs, you know, let's ask him, let's see if he wants to play. And so we, we ended up playing something that was, I would have to say, fairly disastrous down at the old curling club. Um, but it told us enough that what what it told us is that we, the four of us, actually had some chemistry. So from there, we just started playing together whenever we had the chance. And we've played a bunch. We've gone to England a couple times and and uh, and and lost tons of money, but managed to do some really fun shows. And... Uh, and have played through the States a bunch of times. And, and actually we, we had a whole pile of American shows that got COVIDed back in the, in, in 2020. And I don't even know if those concert series exist anymore right now, but, um, uh, so when we get the chance we play and when we do, it's really fun. We played a couple times in November. We played, uh, well, we played here, we played at Hartwood in November and we played in, uh, in Toronto, a concert series in Toronto, I think consecutive weekends, and uh, so this summer we're playing, we have a show in Lion's Head actually in June and we have uh, Point of Barrel in July and we have Summer Folk in August. And you described there being like a real kind of thing that Tanglefoot was doing with historical songs. Is there an RPR thing or, or is it more open to it's whatever not, people bring to the table? Yeah. Um, yes. It, it, it's, there, there's a bigger envelope in that there isn't a, the, there isn't a, a kind of thematic thing as there was with Tanglefoot because part of the thing like there were songs that sometimes people would bring to the table with Tanglefoot and and I like I can remember sometimes thinking I mean that's a great song but it's not a Tanglefoot song you know um because it's out it's it's kind of outside certain thematic parameters there were sometimes some pretty spirited discussions about that Back in the day, even if Rob writes a great song about an alien invasion, it's probably not going to fit into a tangle. Well, that kind album. of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I can remember, and I don't want to name names, but I can remember a very heated. There was a song that I really didn't think should go on an album. It wasn't with Rob, um, and it got very hot. And because I I, did, I didn't dislike the song, but I thought it has nothing whatsoever to do in my mind. It was just me. It has nothing whatsoever to do with Tanglefoot. And, and this argument went on for days. And eventually I thought, you know what? He wants this song on this record more than I don't. So I just stopped. <laughs> I never thought it was a good idea. But, and in hindsight now, like, who cares? It's on the record. Mm-hmm. People like it or they don't. I think I've never heard anybody say they don't like it. You know, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't think it fit. Um, so ultimately, like I said, it doesn't matter. But, but no, I'm, to get back to your original question, which is, which has to do with, no, there isn't a, there isn't a thematic thing that goes with, with, with RPR. No. Um, I would say probably there'd be some consideration. Um, I can't remember anybody bringing a song off the top of my head, bringing a song to the table that was kind of rejected on, well, it doesn't really fit in. I mean, some songs got brought in and we did some workshopping on them and just kind of laid them aside because they just kind of weren't happening. Mm. Um, so, no, there's not so much a thematic thing. It just has to be something. It just has to be something we like playing, really. They're all fun to play. All the songs are fun to play. And are you two or three albums deep with RPR now? I know just Transatlantic two. and Longview. Transatlantic and Longview, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Transatlantic in 2013, which was recorded on both sides of the Atlantic, which is why it's called that. And then... Uh, and then uh, 2018 uh, was uh, Longview. Yeah. Yep. Well, we look forward to having you back to Summerfolk, and uh, can't wait. I know we'd see you around there one way or another, but it's it's nice to know that we're going to get to see you on stage. And I really appreciate you taking the time to for this interview because we've given you shoutouts on on the show before because you're the person who does all the back end stuff to make the show that we send you make it out on the the 560 airwaves. So. 
thanks for all that you've done to support us as a as a show and certainly trailblazing with the 100 mile music show but um, also thanks for taking the time it's been a lot of fun uh, it has been fun it's you've got me thinking about memories and things and conversations and anecdotes that i haven't haven't had reason to think about for a long time so thank you well maybe the 560 listeners will get some of those anecdotes then when you're recording your next bit yeah now and again they do yes (laughs) my full conversation with steve lasted for almost an hour if you subscribe to the podcast you can hear the full interview including steve's most memorable tour stories like i said off the top i reached out to some of steve's musical friends and family for stories and song requests up first is a story from his brother, Rob. This is Rob Ritchie, brother of Steve Ritchie, the focus of, of this episode, and a fellow bandmate as well. And John Farmer had asked us to come up with our favorite Steve Ritchie story. And I, I always remember one uh, from out on the road in our days of Tanglefoot. And this was a story that happened on an, it starts on an off day, on a sunny off day in Yorkshire, England. When another bandmate and I, Joe Grant, were, I won't say stumbling, walking home from the local pub on an off day to to our digs where we were staying at our agent's house. And I won't say we're stumbling, stumbling, but I will say that sometimes after a few at the pub, what you think is a good idea might just really be an idea. We were walking along and thinking that it's, uh, it's mid-May and we have some shows coming up and Steve's birthday was going to fall on one of the shows and we had to do something special for Steve's birthday. Something, something a little, I don't know, maybe unscrupulous, but fun for us anyway. So we were t- uh, walking along and Joe Grant got the idea that uh, he, in one of his songs that he wrote, The Floating Bridge of Innismore, uh, he, he, in the middle of the song, would call around solos to be played by all the instruments almost all the instruments he'd call he'd call violin solo and a violin would do a run at the the course an instrumental and terry would take one on mandolin and then joe would yell piano and i'd improvise something on the keyboards and then sometimes if he was feeling particularly impish he'd yell bass and al would take something on the double bass but he never called steve to play a guitar solo because as great as steve is and he was great in tanglefoot his guitar was the drum kit of the band and his harmonies, were all the harmonies were arranged by him, and he did many things, but what he did not like to do was improvise a solo. So Joe said, on his birthday, I'm going to call Steve's name. We're going to go one more solo. I'm going to go guitar, and let's just see what the look, what kind of look he has on his face, and then we'll wish him a happy birthday from the stage, and it'll all be in fun. Well, on the walk home from the pub, as we were discussing this, I looked into the ditch, and I saw a great big uh, rectangular uh, decal with the capital letter L on it. And for those of you who don't know, in England, that is the equivalent of a student driver card. So if you see a car going down the road in England with an L on it in the, in the, uh, in the windshield, that means there's a student driver. Just be, you know, be cautious, be, be courteous, because someone's just learning to drive. So somehow this L had made its way from some car into the ditch. No sign of the car, so that was good. Um, so we picked up that L. We thought... How can we use this and incorporate this? And then we hit upon it. So the the night of the concert on Steve's birthday happened, and and the floating bridge bridge of Innismore was was ready to come up next in the set. And I gave Joe a look, and he gave me a look, and we knew it was on. And uh, so the, the solos got called. And first it was mandolin, and then it was fiddle, and then it was keyboards, and then it was bass, and then I don't know where. Joe yelled, guitar, and Steve gave him the most shocked, what are you talking about, look. And as he did that, and God love him, he did try to play something out there improvised, I picked up that L, which had some tape, and I slapped that learner's permit right on his guitar as he tried his way through a solo. And then the poor guy was saying, my big happy birthday of the crowd, I believe it was the Parkgate Folk Club in Whirl, and, and a good time was had by all. That's one of my favorite memories of Steve. And in honor of that, John asked me to think of uh, one of Steve's favorite songs. I always liked, uh, he's, he's done a, a whole wealth of really nice ballads, but he has a one song that's beautiful, finger-picking, fun-loving uh, song called When Dad and Uncle Arch Lost the Farm. And uh, it's a beautiful one that uh, Tanglefoot uh, had fun with, and RPR also picked it up and did in performances. So uh, on this, the uh, congratulations, Steve. Uh, happy birthday again. And we're sorry about the learner's permit gag, but we'd do it again. 
had this place forever. The farm's been in our family since the 1850s, land grant from the crown. Some of my uncles moved out west to farm a great big spread, but our side of the family stayed around. A pig run, a horse stable, good pasture and an orchard, oak trees, elms and maples, lots of charm. A happy hundred acres up until that awful day when Dad and Uncle Archie lost the farm. Now mom, she grew up Baptist, she never drank or swore, her only vice was talking on the phone. Two longs and a short, that was the ring meant for our house, but she couldn't let those other rings alone. Who was sick and who was broke and who was mad at who, and whose kid pulled the ice rink fire alarm? Small-town rural gossip was Mama's stock and trade Till Dad and Uncle Archie lost the farm You know what your farm's worth these days? The banker told my dad Well, you could get a hundred thousand free and clear with equity like that, young man, there's so much you could do. And all you'd have to do is sign right here. But mom, she didn't like it. Says right in the Bible that a borrower would only come to harm. But they never asked mom what she thought, so she never said a word. Till dad and uncle Archie lost the farm. We could hear their voices coming through the wall from the back kitchen. We could borrow 50,000 right away. We have a real big operation, just like Gerald out in Dauphin. We're finally gonna make this old place pay. We'll get another hundred acres. Yeah, we'll buy a big John Deere. Put up a second silo, paint the barn. It was only mom who thought it just might be a house of cards Till dad and uncle Archie lost the farm Interest rates gone through the roof and prices gone to hell and the banker calling every other day ask how we were doing and if we thought of selling out elsewise how would we ever pay one day I found mom in the kitchen she was staring out the window and the telephone was swinging from the wall Neighborhood, it seems, already knew what she just learned That Dad and Uncle Arch had lost it all Well, that was 30 years ago and everyone's long gone And I bored you to distraction with this yarn should have been home hours ago from my job at the bank The very one that took our family farm Georgian Bay Roots on the radio The official show of summer folk With words and music and so much more AM 560, Sundays at 4, Sundays at 4, Sundays at 4, unless there's a hockey game on and then we'll be on after the hockey game, Sundays at 4, thank you very much, Georgian Bay Roots Radio.
Hi, this is Al Parrish, formerly of Tanglefoot and now with RPR. And you're listening to Georgian Bay Roots. I'm John Farmer. Welcome back. We've got a few more stories about and songs from Steve Ritchie in this final act of the show. Let's turn the mic over now to Steve's nephew, local musician Josh Ritchie. Hey everyone, how's it going? This is uh, Steve Ritchie's uh, favorite nephew, Josh Ritchie, here. Going to tell you a little, I wouldn't say embarrassing story, but a, a heartwarming story about my dear, dear Uncle Steve. He, um, we, we had him over for a family little, uh, little, little meal um, a few years back with his partner, Anne-Marie. And, you know, we were having a nice meal and we had a great time. And as the night was winding down, my mom brought out uh, a fortified wine, some port, for a, a little, little like, dessert wine, a little uh, nice way to finish off the evening. And Steve had said he'd, he'd never had port and he had quite liked to try. And if you're unfamiliar with port, it come like you just pour a little glass. It's it's like a it's like a shot glass sized wine glass. It's just a little thing. And um, Steve had one, and he he loved it because it's it is delicious. It's a sweet syrupy little wine. It's right up his alley. He would he totally love it. So he had a second, and uh, the second I believe became a third. And uh, now I can't stress enough how the size of these little glasses. They're not very big. They're very, very small. Um, but to uh, to make a long story short, Anne-Marie drove home that night, and Steve giggled about how much he enjoyed port. So, uh, yeah. So, so happy birthday, Uncle Steve. I'll buy you a bottle of port for embarrassing you over the radio like this. And uh, for my favorite Steve Ritchie song, it'll have to be go back to an, an older one, an older one from the Tanglefoot days that I, when I was a young and obsessed with Tanglefoot, like I was when I was little. I'd play this one quite a lot. It's uh, your your old classic, Little Soldiers. Orland Brown and Son on each side of our mailbox. He painted it the day that I was born. He had me on the tractor before I was eight years old. I remember how his hands were scarred and worn. There was never what you'd call bad blood between us. Neither of us ever did the other harm. But I never seemed to want to learn much from him Always knew I wouldn't stay and take the farm But I had to look away When they came and told me that Dad was gone I couldn't look them in the eye I didn't want their arms around me I didn't need their words of comfort I didn't need to hear their lies Little soldiers never cried Little soldiers don't complain Little soldiers don't ask why Little soldiers take the pain Little soldiers never cry Little soldiers always try To be good little soldiers Me and Wilbur well, We bought the store together We figured in ten years we'd own the town We'd known each other since that day in Mrs. Kirk's grade three When I'd helped him when the Liss twins had him down You'd never think that much could come between us We were friends the way men are supposed to be Right up until that day he found her earrings in my office And I knew that that was it for him and me But I had to look away When he came and told me we were finished I couldn't look him in the eye I still felt her arms around me I still heard her words of comfort I still heard my own lies Little soldiers never cry Little soldiers don't complain Little soldiers don't ask why Little 
soldiers take the pain. Little soldiers never cry. Little soldiers always try to be good little soldiers. little soldier waiting for the bus I smiled at the sentimental scene she asked me did you notice he was crying he hardly touched his cereal at all did you know that he was sick last night just after you got in I think he must have barely slept at all and do you suppose she looked away he went and told her just how scared he was or did she look him in the eye did she put her arms around him did she offer words of comfort or did she tell him lies little soldiers never cry little soldiers don't complain little soldiers don't ask why little soldiers take the pain little soldiers never cry little soldiers always try That was Little Soldiers, written by Steve Ritchie for Tanglefoot. And here is a story from Steve's RPR bandmate, Beaker. Lots of great stories with Steve on the road over the years. Uh, 2015, I believe it was, RPR was playing the Ludenberg Folk Festival on the East Coast. And a good buddy of mine had rolled into town unannounced. So he shows up at the Harmony Workshop that we're performing in at uh, one of the local churches. And uh, we're hanging out afterwards. Uh, at, apparently, it's his last day on the East Coast. So he's just heading back towards Ontario that day. So we hang out for a bit. I'm going to meet the band after that at a restaurant downtown. So anyway, time comes. John hops on his bike. He's heading back towards Ontario. I start heading towards the restaurant. I figured I'd just shoot him a quick text for his next stop. And it's great to see him. Hadn't seen him in a long time. So, you know, we'll catch up when we get back home sort of thing. Sent off the text. I'm walking along. Almost immediately, my phone starts ringing. And it's Steve on the other end. And he's in a real panic. <laughs> and it's like, whatever happened, brother, it doesn't matter. Just uh, whatever happened, we can fix it. Just don't leave. Whatever you do, don't leave. And I'm thinking, don't leave? What? <laughs> That's when I realized, oh, man, I must have sent Steve the, hey, see you in Ontario text. <laughs> Instead of my buddy John, who was actually on his way back to Ontario at that moment. <laughs> so I got to the restaurant. We straightened it all out. <laughs> Had a good laugh. Went and finished the festival shows and got a good story out of it. <laughs> Love you, brother. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Rowland. I'm Steve's wife. I could tell you a lot of stories about Steve, about how funny he is, how smart, how talented even how certain laws of physics don't hold true in his presence. 
But my favorite Steve story is that he's one of the kindest people I've ever known. And in spite of the great big life he lives, it's the little things that matter to him. Things like a great cup of coffee or spending time with family, waking up on Christmas morning full of that same anticipation he had when he was a little boy, sinking into a good book or spending hours looking at the night sky. And it's with that in mind that my favorite song of Steve's is one called For the Day. If I listen, I can hear Through the joy and through the tears All the children of this earth Both blessed and cursed So will I this perfect day Should I spare a thought to pray Ask for only what's sufficient for the day. A little sun, a little rain, a little money now and then, and the knowledge of enough to eat tomorrow. Keep the locusts from our fields, take your portion of the yield. For the folk less blessed by fortune than are we. Decent health to work my life, wine and candles with my wife, sufficient store laid in to get us to next harvest. Little bounty from above. And a husband I can love A little wisdom in such portion as I earn Time to stare into the fire And indulge in small desires And a moment now and then that I can savor A little time to eat and drink Time to pause and time to think just enough to curb despair and keep me whole. If the recruiter comes around, he will find me underground. The empires of ambitious men do not concern me. Calm the hearts at angry beat, still the earth beneath my feet. Keep me from suspicion and from jealousy. Not for me the pride of place or entitlement to grace. Why should I be spared my share of dread and sorrow? Keep our children from the grave. From the plague may we be saved. Make our suffering no more than we can bear. If I listen, I can hear Through the joy and through the tears All the children of this earth Both blessed and cursed So will I this perfect day Should I spare a thought to pray Ask for only what's sufficient for the day. Well, that's our celebration of Steve Ritchie. You can hear him regularly on 560 CFOS, catch him in local concert halls, and see him live and in person this August at Summerfolk, right here in Owen Sound. Head to summerfolk.org to learn more about volunteering, getting tickets, and all of the great acts on the lineup for the festival. Now, the lineup is not 100% released yet, partly because it's not entirely decided. The final few acts who will be performing at Summerfolk will be announced on May 28th at the end of the Youth Discoveries finale concert. Seven finalists have been announced, and they'll all have the chance to play a few songs for a panel of judges at the Owen Sound Legion that night. You could be in the audience to hear them as well. It's an all-ages show, and entrance is by donation. The doors open at 6 p.m., and the music starts at 7. And by the end of the night, the best of the performers will have won a spot at this year's Summerfolk. Again, that's May 28th at the Owen Sound Legion. Follow Summerfolk on social media, that means Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and head to the website for all the info. That's summerfolk.org. And this brings us to the end of Georgian Bay Roots for another week. 
Thanks to the OwenSoundHub.org and, of course, to Summerfolk for putting us on the air. Keep your eye on the podcast feed for the full interview with Steve. I'll be posting that later this week. Tom is up next week and then Kaylee and Kelly in their turn. And I'll be back with you in four weeks' time. Until then, take care and make sure you head to summerfolk.org for all the information about the festival. Raise your flask, aim your rifles high. I've had a dream, I've seen we three should have no fear at all. You'll die in Kenora, Billy, you Jim in Winnipeg. And I will end my days in Montreal. These people come to see me in my bedroom With faces dim and names I can't recall Some woman with a golden ring She comes to comb my hair And she dresses me and walks me down the hall I can still put one foot before the other If someone points the way for me to go Today the sun is shining And a crowd has gathered round They put circles of red flowers on stones Raise your flask Aim your rifles high I've had a dream I've seen we three Should have no fear at all You'll die in Kenora, Billy You Jim in Winnipeg And I will end my days in Montreal Old Jim Rankin stood behind me in the tunnel Spat on his bayonet and wiped it with his hand And he rocked from heel to heel Blew out his cheeks and whistled While we waited for the signal to advance Jimmy Rankin, he was 20 And we thought him an old man He said he'd fathered children by the score By girls back in Winnipeg And girls in Calais And he bragged, by God, there'd be a hundred more Raise your flask Aim your rifles high I've had a dream, I've seen we three Should have no fear at all You'll die in Kenora, Billy You Jim in Winnipeg And I will end my days in Montreal And Billy Whitefish from Kenora Jet black hair and eyes like coal We all call him chief behind his back He never smiled or laughed or joked or spoke that much at all. Just sat and smoked while we waited to attack. Well, they poured shells over our heads into the hillside. In 30 yards, our kit and boots were full of mud. But as we made the ridge, Jimmy went down on both knees. And he coughed into his sleeve And there was blood Raise your flask Aim your rifles high I've had a dream I've seen we three Should have no fear at all You'll die in Kenora, Billy You Jim in Winnipeg And I will end my days in Montreal The last sound I ever heard was an explosion And bodies flew like apples thrown by boys at play When I could see again, I was alone Jimmy wasn't there 
And the crater marked the hillside where he'd lain. And Billy Whitefish from Kenora wound up in a German trench where he captured their machine gun all alone and held them off until his ammunition was all spent. And they swarmed around and they hacked him to the bone. Raise your flask, aim your rifles high. I've had a dream, I've seen we three should have no fear at all. You'll die in Kenora, Billy, you jam in Winnipeg. And I will end my days in Montreal. Now every day I still remember what I told them. My two friends who that day from this earth were torn. And the craters and the trenches where they died now bear the names of the cities and the towns where they were born. Raise your flask. Aim your rifles high I've had a dream I've seen we three Should have no fear at all You'll die in Kenora, Billy You jam in Winnipeg And I will end my days in Montreal